Welcome to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers. Located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at wideteams. This is episode 85. I am your host, Avdi Grimm, and joining me today is Alan Maxwell. Alan, uh, could you kick us, kick things off with uh, introducing yourself? Uh, yeah, hi. Um, name's Alan Maxwell. I work for a company in Bethesda, Maryland called Empower IT. I live remotely in uh, the Salt Lake City, Utah Valley, uh, actually in Draper, which is in the south end of the valley. Started playing with computers in the, the early 80s on a 8K RAM Wang machine as a hobby and pretty much did a lot of computer hobbyist kind of programming oriented stuff up until uh, 1995 when opportunity opened up and I went to work for a, a company here in Salt Lake doing some C++ code. Six months into that, they had some financial issues and it a layoff. And a good friend of mine who had been in, in programming had moved from, relocated from Salt Lake to Maryland. And he called me up. He actually was instrumental in getting me that first job. And he called me up out of the blue just, just as this job was falling apart. And I told him what was going on, not thinking anything about relocating or getting a job with him. And he said, Oh yeah, well, come work for me. I'm like, I was married, had a house, new baby, all sorts of stuff going on, and and I there's no way I could relocate. And he says, "Oh, no problem, just just work over the internet." Hmm. And as a result, uh, 16 years later, I'm still working for him. I mean, the job has changed quite a lot since then. The technology has changed, a lot of things have changed, but uh, it's been a good 16 year run working for the same company, Empower IT. Basically, we do a lot of uh, business intelligence, BI stuff. And product development. Our core business was doing data management and data warehousing and, and analytic tools for military point of sale data and the military commissaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've been migrating our, our, or looking at new revenue streams and whatnot. And that's kind of led us to uh, a lot more web development. Obviously that's, that's kind of the, the trend these days. Uh, so much more work going in that direction and, and so my, my history has always been bent, uh, desktop application development. And this last year and a half, two years has been a lot more moving into the, the web deliverable kind of arena. So I've adopted Ruby on Rails and lately Angular and a whole bunch of fun new technologies and lots of new learning curves. Hmm. Well, very cool. So you're in, in uh, Utah. The company is mainly in Maryland. How does that work? Uh, it works great. There, I mean, there's there's obviously some great benefits of working at home, working out of my house. There's some challenges with it. Uh, as we were talking before uh, the actual interview, I, I think it takes a, a certain kind of person to actually be able to successfully pull off being able to work remotely, at least primarily. We have a number of people in the company that work remote now. I was the first one 16 years ago that uh, they, they – Took a, a flyer on. <laughs> uh, we've got people in Maine, a couple of people here in Utah, one in North Carolina, one in California. We actually have started doing some stuff with uh, contract workers and 
out of the country. So yeah, there, there's some challenges with that, but my experience has been fantastic with it. That's why I keep doing it. So they kick, kick things off with you. You must have done something, right? I guess, you know, it, or they just didn't catch me. Maybe I've hidden it well enough. <laughs> what was that like, um, you know, initially? You know, I, I ha- am, am very focused. I, I don't know. Most programmers I know personally tend to be a little obsessive, a little ADHD. And that, that's not a criticism. This just seems to be a, a, a trait a lot of us seem to have. And uh, I get up in the morning and I have what I call my carpet commute. Uh, sometimes I pretend I'm driving a car and my wife sits there and giggles, but, uh, mm. I'm, I'm in front of my computer almost all the time. So I get up between six and six thirty in the morning and, and I'm immediately at work. And so as far as the company's concerned, it's great because they get a lot of extra time from me just because of the convenience and because of my obsessive nature. <laughs> I've kind of had to tone that down. Last year we picked up a, a, a new project, and since I was new to Rails and new to the technologies we were using, I dove into it, and I mean, I was working probably from February until October or so, 12 to 18-hour days, Mm. and I actually took most of the weekends off, although not all, but that kind of, I, I, I don't like trying to sustain that kind of effort anymore, and and it's not healthy for me and it's not healthy for my family. So I've made a concerted effort this last year to uh, to tone it back and be a little more realistic about what I'm doing. I'm doing some work on the side that I enjoy doing, uh, building a site for my wife and things like that. But So I guess that still constitutes working and being in front of the computer, but I'm trying to be a little less obsessive. That's one of my challenges. Mm-hmm. What do you do to distract yourself from work? <laughs> I volunteer up at Snowbird, the ski resort here, so I do as much time as I can up there skiing. Uh, the last two years, the snowpack has been a little lame, but it was still a good year. I, I get up there almost every weekend, and, and sometimes in the in the mornings, I'll go up and do a run. Nice. You know, I have to be considerate that uh, I need to be available to workers. We Obviously, we're dealing with a, a time zone difference between Maryland and Salt Lake, so I have to communicate what my availability is and whatnot, and and manage some PTO in, in, in there at times. And, you know, I, I never work less than, you know, 50 hours a week. But, mm. And that's on, on the slow weeks. That, that's wow. me toning it down. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm up at 7 in the morning because that's 9 o'clock there. We have a stand-up every day at 8. Mm-hmm. So I usually try to get ramped up for an hour before the stand-up meeting. Stand-up lasts about 15 minutes, and then, then I'm rocking the rest of the day. And, you know, sometimes I'll take a lunch break and go out for an hour in the middle of the day. Most days I just sit and eat at my desk and I work till five. You know, yesterday it was six thirty and I'm going, Oh wow, it's six thirty. It's time for me to quit. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really stopped all day. Although, well, I did go to lunch yesterday. So I had a break in the middle, but that ends up being a long day. Mm-hmm. So, um, talk to me about how closely or not you work with the other members of the team and, and how that works out? You know, it varies on the project that I'm working on and uh, with which which group of people I'm working with. I don't really travel back to the, the mother planet very often these days. When I first started with the company, I probably go back once every three to six months and we do kind of some FaceTime uh, and whatnot. I did go back a couple years ago because I started 
learning a new tech. We've, we started delivering some, or we had a plan to deliver some products in uh, SQL Server reporting services. And so I taught myself how to do that. And then I went back and did a, an information dump with a group of people and basically trained them on how to do some of the things. And that started off an, a new branch of development for the company. It really depends on who I'm working with and, and what we're working on. Um, there's one fellow started with the company and he's a remote worker. He's also here in Salt Lake. We've been friends for well over 20 years and he started the year after I did. We have an interesting work relationship at times. Sometimes it can be a little heated, but we've worked out a lot of those details in, in how we interact. At, at times, we worked on some of the same projects together and very closely. At the time, some there, there's some new tools out now that are really exciting as far as being able to pair and, and work uh, uh, remotely and, and share desktops and things like that. Screen Hero is one of your sponsors, and, and we started using them when they were uh, still called Pow Wow. have really liked what they've done with their product. We use a product called uh, Radmin. Most of our development prior to this new stuff that we're working on was in Windows. And uh, we would set up virtual machines in the Bethesda office and then uh, through VPN and using this Radmin tool would both log into the same desktop and then basically do a shared desktop. Uh, the desktop was remote and we were remote. But you had to work out the relationship with who's using the mouse when and, and whatnot and you know, we, we come up with ter- certain terminology. You know, if I, if I say, let me drive or I want to drive, then I take over the keyboard and the mouse. And, mm. and we kind of worked out that play back and forth over a period of time. Kind of, I, you know, I guess we didn't have the benefit of someone else showing us how this stuff works. We had to figure it out on our own. But sometimes we work very closely together. Other times it's basically you, you modularize the project that you're working on and, and, I take this chunk and go off and work here and make a branch and get and, and get it done. And then the other guys work on, on different aspects of it. And then we merge it all together and hopefully everything works. You know, the, the tools have been changing as far as facilitating remote work quite a lot since, since I first started doing this. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things I rely on. I mean, email's great for what, if, if you don't overuse it and, I, I hate when when the email trail gets, you know, basically you've got an IM session going through emails back and forth, and that's can get so ugly. Instant Messenger was a, a big tool we used quite a while, and then that's kind of morphed into Skype, and we use Skype now instead. Mm-hmm. And so you have the option of doing text back and forth until I hit my threshold, and then I have to call the person and say, I'm done typing. It's, it's too much. Uh-huh. And then we have a chat. Being able to we, – we use – uh, before we started using Screen Hero uh, for our, our dev pairing, uh, we use GoToMeeting quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we're demoing stuff for clients or for other members of the company, things like that, GoToMeeting works great. It doesn't work as well for doing pairing stuff mm-hmm. as Screen Hero does. And yeah, that's hands down my, my tool of choice. Do you really things. like that? Yeah, I do. And I don't mean to gush about it too much, but uh, it it really has been a, a great tool for us in the last little while. And we're trying to actually, I, I'm a big proponent of, uh, I'd like to learn how to be better at TDD, but I'm a big proponent of TDD mm-hmm. and pairing. There are some challenges sometimes, especially when, you know, we hired a new guy last year and, you know, we have different styles and 
when you I with the first guy that I was speaking of that got hired a year after I did, he and I had been friends for years, so we really knew each other well on a personal level. Mm-hmm. And with this new guy, you know, it was your typical business situation as opposed to what we had with with this other fellow. So it we're still figuring it out, you know, what our style is, you know, we respond in different ways. We're both different types of personalities and yeah, it's a learning curve. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, the tools help facilitate that. Uh, I, I like, as I was saying, I really like paired programming. I want to learn how to do it better. Uh, I think there's a lot of benefits to it. Uh, sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, we're just kind of figuring out where it makes sense and where it doesn't and, and where we work as individuals better in that fashion. I think when we do a lot of the design stuff, we've actually – this last time, I like using a whiteboard. I mean, I'll, I'll sit there and draw pictures and arrows and notes and stuff, and then we'll take pictures of the whiteboard. And there used to be a product called it was, I think it was called Whiteboard. Can't remember who made it, but we found it years and years ago. And we would, when my we do design on new projects, you know, the the team would get together face to face. We'd rent out a, a a place in a hotel and and whiteboards on all over the place or large sticky notepads, and then we'd take pictures of all the notes, convert them to a basically a, a two-dimensional or, or you know, a, a flattened picture so it wasn't like a photograph. It wasn't as big as a photo and it printed better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then share those with the team as artifacts from the meetings. Um, we do some of that now using, I think it's Camtasia on my okay. iPad. And that works great. As far oh, that's as- cool. So do you have, like, do you, like, bring up a drawing app on the iPad? Well, we've done that. I don't particularly like that because I like drawing with my hands on the okay. whiteboard. So I'll do oh, okay. it and then I'll take a picture of it with Camtasia and it'll flatten it out and convert it to a whiteboard like picture. Okay. And then it also facilitates sharing it. So gotcha. I can share it with an email or <coughs> Facebook or actually Dropbox has been a tool we've started using quite a lot mm-hmm. for sharing documents and artifacts across the team. So all those things didn't exist, you know, 16 years ago when we first started doing that. And it's, it's great having them. Right. And being able to utilize them, it still takes a, a different type of nut to be able to make remote working work sometimes. And, and there's some politics with it, with the company. Traditionally, you know, with the traditional office, sometimes people get a little resentful when certain people are working from home all the time. And um, you have, you have some, you've experienced some of that. Yeah, we, we get some of that. It's, it's not so bad. I mean, it, it was, it wasn't so bad with me because I started as a remote worker and, and I was hired in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never even met anyone from the company other than my boss, who was a longtime personal friend prior to that. Mm-hmm. Until a few months into the job, they flew me back, and you know, I, I spent some time in Maryland. Actually, the owners of the company came out skiing before that, a few weeks or so after I got hired and, and took me to dinner. But I mean, other than that, I was out here on this island uh, for a while. But over the years, you know, remote working is, is kind of changing culturally in, in the company and in, in the workplace in general. And a number of people in the company now, they have a, a scheduled day a week where they work from home. And it seems to be working out fairly well. I think there's still an opinion sometimes that when people are not in the office, they're working from home and they're kind of screwing off. Mm-hmm. I don't personally feel that way because I know what I'm doing when I'm at home. Right. Do you think maybe, maybe some folks when they're, when they're first exposed to 
remote work, maybe they do kind of get a little lax, or is that just a total perception issue? I don't know. I think it's probably a perception issue. Again, it gets back to the individual, and I think to be able to pull off the remote working, you know, thing, you, you pretty much have to have some integrity and, and work ethic. And mm-hmm. if you don't have that, you know, you're really not going to be ex- uh, successful with it. And I think, you know, in, in a company that I work for, we have good people, and uh, I don't think they're home playing pinball or whatever. Um, I think they're home working. Mm-hmm. I, I try to make sure that I don't take advantage of the situation and that I am accountable. And I figure if I just continue to do that, it'll work out. So far, that seems to be okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe tomorrow it'll be messed up. I don't know. <laughs> Just returning briefly to, to the tools you were mentioning earlier, I'm kind of surprised that more remote workers don't use drawing tablets. I have like a a cheap, relatively cheap Wacom drawing tablet on my desk, uh-huh. um, you know, that I can fire up a drawing program and just scribble. And it's you know pressure sensitive, so it's reasonably similar to the to the uh, marker drawing experience. Right. I don't know. I'm surprised. I mean, it's not a big expense. I'm surprised more people don't avail themselves of those, but I guess it can be a little bit odd, you know. I haven't haven't tried it. I know there's some some software packages that allow you to do collaborative drawing and things like that. We have one app called I think it's called and, and I've migrated to a Mac these days in the last two years, so I'm I'm actually loving that. I used to hate it. But we have an app called uh, Pencil.app, and I don't know who makes it, but we've used that as far as doing some design drawings and whatnot that we've shared together. But I think it's—I don't think it's designed to do collaboration. We will do a, a desktop share with Screen Hero and then both draw on it mm-hmm. until we get a document that we feel good about and then share it in Dropbox, and so the team has it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some other tools that I've seen that kind of facilitate what you're talking about as far as, you know, just drawing with your mouse or whatever on the desktop. I would like the idea of doing it like you're talking about with a, a touch-sensitive screen much more than doing it with a mouse because I just – drawing with the mouse just doesn't do it for me. And, yeah. You know, well, and, and we're seeing more and more – you know, I'm, I'm just talking about like a desktop pad, you know, where you, you draw on the, on the pad but you see the, the cursor on the screen. Right, um, but but these days, I guess we're seeing more and more actual touchscreens being incorporated into laptops and stuff. Yeah, you know, it's I, I was going to mention this before the last design big design meeting that I had with my coworker Dave. You know, I, he lives thirty minutes away from where I live, and I I sometimes prefer to have face to face when we're doing design, and we can draw on the board and stuff. And I had said that to him, and and he's like, you know, I really don't want to come up there. Why don't we? Uh, use the webcam on your laptop and shine it on the whiteboard and we can just do the meeting like that. Mm. And as it turns out, it worked out great. You know, I, um, I, I tend to have to be a little open, open-minded sometimes to new ideas. And, you know, if you're going to be innovative, you have to be. But, you know, I set it up and, and pointed the uh, webcam from my Mac at, at the whiteboard and and sat there and, and he had his webcam on. We, it was, we were as close to being in the same room together as we could be without being in the same room together. Mm-hmm. It was a good experiment. It went well. And and then we would get the board kind of where we both agreed to this is the way the design should kind of be laid out. And then I would take a picture with my iPod, my iPad and with the Camtasia software I was talking about before and then share it to Dropbox and then we'd have the artifacts. Um, right. So it was a great process and worked better than I had anticipated. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of uh, Lucid Chart. It's a like a web-based 
drawing program. And it's kind of cool. I mean, it's, it's, they've, it's got that kind of live interaction thing where multiple, more than one person can log in at once and they can both manipulate the, the image. Uh, similar to the, you know, the, I guess the drawing tool that Google has, uh, Google Docs, but a bit more advanced. Um, I'll, I'll check it out. That sounds good. But, uh, the only thing that is not so good about it, and it's surprising that there isn't, that there aren't more like collaborative freehand drawing tools out there. Uh, cause Lucidchart and the Google tool, they're all, you know, like diagram. I guess they're, they're sort of in the, in the Visio family of tools, right? You know, right. it's assumed that you're going to be drawing boxes and arrows and things like that, which is all fine. I mean, I want to have that stuff, but it's frustrating when these tools don't make it easy to just, you know, draw a make squiggle. Quick. Yeah. Cause that, I, like, like that yeah. should be the default, you know, like the first thing that you get, the first tool that you start with should just be a freehand drawing tool. And then, you know, all the other stuff should be conveniences. Yeah. We've tried to, yeah. We've used paint. <laughs> right. To do stuff, yeah, I I hear you. It's, I'll check out Lucidchart. That sounds interesting. And I'm gonna I've got to check out Squiggle too from your other meeting. Yeah, yeah. The tools have changed so much to make remote working so much easier. You know, there's still challenges. You don't have the the face to face. You don't get the nonverbal cues when you're talking to somebody. You know, I I remember having a meeting with somebody once, and and we were. It wasn't a heated discussion, but we were having a discussion a dis somewhat of a disagreement. We saw things in different ways and, and I heard a big crash over the phone or over Skype. And, and I was like, you know, did you just throw something across the room? Cause it, it sounded like that, <sighs> you know? And he's like, no, just something fell off my desk, you know? And, and it was, it was interesting, but you know, you don't get those cues. And sometimes that's a big challenge with doing some kind of, you know, collaborative stuff that we have to do. Yeah. I, I tend to like having face-to-face meetings here and there, so I'll go out to lunch with people and stuff mm-hmm. once in a while. But you, know, you have to to deal with the isolation of of working from home sometimes too. And uh, it's interesting lately in the one of the user groups that I'm in, they've started opening up some of the businesses that software houses have, have opened up to say, you know, come come work in our office for a day and hang out with us and. And for someone like me, who's they're they're actually doing some recruiting and stuff, <laughs> a little subtly. But for someone like me, who's working at home and I'm not working in a cube farm somewhere, uh, it's kind of like it's a neat idea to to go cruise across town, stop into these guys' office, hook up to their Wi-Fi, and sit and work, do what I do normally there, mm-hmm. but around a social, you know, add a little social component to the day, I guess. Right. That's that's interesting. I've got to take one of the guys up on it. He, I was up at his office the other day and didn't have my laptop, or I would have just stayed there for the afternoon. Hmm. Well, Alan, it's been great talking to you. Before I let you go, where can people find out more about you online? As far as me personally, I mean, I'm on Facebook and whatnot, but that's Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Need need to say, I I've got a, a home website, but I don't maintain it. I'm working too much on other stuff. The company that I work for is Empower IT, uh, spelled just the way it sounds, empowerit.basically.com. And so you can take a look at what we're doing up there. And, and we're looking at expanding in a lot of new areas. So there's a lot of exciting stuff happening there. Uh, my email address is amaxwell at empowerit.com. So I can be reached there. I'm on Twitter at, uh, at aamax. So that's cool. Where I'm at. I, I'm, one of these days I hope to actually have my website 
up and running and working well. But if my wife gets her way, I'll have hers running mm-hmm. by this weekend. <laughs> no, but no pressure, right? Yeah, exactly. I've got to implement my first shopping cart. I've got to figure out how to do that. <laughs> All right, well, Alan, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Avi. I appreciate it. It's been fun. And that is our show for today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Just subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Go to yteams.com. You can also find the show in the iTunes Music Store. The Y Teams podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 license. Our music is by Giles Boquette. Until next week, this is Avdi Grimm signing off. Why, 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 why